This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to dig into the differences between a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k. Which one is best? Which one is the right one for you? I'll tell you what, stick around, and we're going to do a deep dive and help you do that one. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. We are cruising through retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is a fiduciary. He is an independent and investment advisor representative with better than 30 years helping folks get to and through retirement. Ah, uh, Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It is another beautiful day in the valley here, Steve. Ah, good. Boy, aren't they all? <laughs> yes, that's you got to love it. You know, in Arizona, man, we got we have so many days of sunshine. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, for somebody that came from outside of Chicago, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we had a visit yesterday in this part of the country from Elsa. Oh, yeah, I've been reading about that. Just it, a lot uh, of rain. No wind, no thunder, no lightning, nothing, just rain. All right, all right. Well, that, well, that's the better if you got, you know, if you got to have exactly. one over the other. Exactly <laughs> that's right. That's the better route to go. Yeah, no doubt so, about it. Yeah, well, so this will be interesting. I, I like this because... Um, We've, we've talked about for Roth IRAs, certainly in the past, and we've even touched on Roth 401ks and how it's a relatively new thing that some companies are offering. But I didn't realize there were the differences that there are between them. And, and I mean, they're both good. They're both tax-free, but right. there are some subtleties and not-so-subtleties between them. No, that, that, that's 100% right. And, and most people don't you know, realize the differences. Um, you know, until you really get in there, I guess there's maybe there's no reason for them to, but but I'll tell you what, if you're in a if you're in a company that has that as an option, the Roth 401k, uh, the way that it works is in terms of contribution limits, things like that, is just like your regular 401k. So in other words, if you're over the age of 50, you know you could put uh, what I want to say the number is 26,000, I believe, for this yep, year. I think you're right. Uh, you know you could put that in there, and uh, you know, obviously since it's a Roth, whether it's an IRA or 401k, that means the contribution that's after tax money. So it means you're paying tax on that money, right? Right. Uh, and you know there are some nuances, some differences. You know the biggest thing comes 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 about with actually your required distribution. And uh, you guys might know if you've listened to the show or if you've seen it in the news that uh, the government passed you know some some new bills that effectively pushed back the date of your required minimum distribution. It used to be seventy and a half, and and now it's seventy two. Um, that did pass. And I believe there's more, there's more legislation to try to push it back to 75, which would be that much better. Um, but anyway, for right now it's 72 and the news with the Roth IRA is you don't have, you don't have the required distribution. You don't have to take it. You can leave it in there. Okay. Uh, however, with a Roth 401k, you do have to take that distribution at, at the age of, you know, at that age of 72, it begins. So, but there's still it, no taxes. No, no. And that's the confusing part. And, it, and, it's, and it's so strange to me. And I say, you know, why in the world do we wind up with all these crazy rules about taxes and the IRS and all this other stuff? And I just come back to the fact that, unfortunately, the men and women writing these laws are just not that bright. And <laughs> I had a similar conversation just today. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Really? It's, it, it, you know, we, <laughs> and, and I'm, I, you know, it, um, 
it's just a shame. It's just a shame. I just wish we, you know, we, we elect people. It's, it's more of a popularity contest than it is an IQ test, right? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're not electing the smartest people we could. We're, we're electing the people that manage somehow to get the most votes. And uh, but then they get in there and they write laws. And I have no idea. Like, why in the world would they do this? Why do you got to take an RMD from a Roth 401k, but you don't have to from a Roth IRA? It's, there's no taxes due. It's not going to generate any additional revenue for the IRS or the government. Uh, the difference is you won't have that money growing tax free anymore because you got to pull it out. So the piece that you got to pull out the, the RMD amount, which, and I'll tell you guys, it's not that it's not a huge amount. It's roughly three and a half, four percent 4% as of right now. Um, now that can change of course, but right now it's, it's a little below 4% is the amount that you have to take out in that first year. So what, what it boils down to is that in other words, that first year, you still have 96% of your Roth 401k working for you growing tax free. Um, but you do have to pull that piece out. And so what you're going to lose is you're going to lose some of that tax benefit uh, on the 401k side of, of your Roth. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's one of the biggest differences. One of the other ones, uh, you, you know, it has to do with the company match. Um, and, and so, so there's some confusion surrounding that topic, but I'm not going to go too deeply into that. I really don't think it's an issue for most people. Um, you know, and then the other, the other thing I want to mention is that the government changed the stretch rules of the IRAs, of retirement accounts. Uh, we used to always advise for a beneficiary to try to stretch out an inherited IRA for the rest of your life. The government allowed you to do it so you can get that much more tax deferred growth. Uh, but um, with a Roth IRA, as well as the Roth 401k and the traditional retirement accounts, uh, now that money has to come out within 10 years, okay? So it does have to come out within 10 years uh, after the person passed that you inherited the account from. You don't have to take a distribution each and every year in most cases, uh, but you do have to have all the money out of it by the end of that 10th year. Okay. Well, I mean, but there's no taxes, so it, it really isn't going to impact anything like you just said. No, no. It's really what you're giving up. Versus, it's not what you're paying. It's what you're giving up. So you're giving up more opportunity for, for additional tax-free growth, right? Okay. Um, you know, you got to take it out over 10, over 10 years, um, you know, so... So you're, so you're reducing the amount of money that you having that you have growing for you on a tax-free basis, you know, okay, but, sure. but, you know, but the truth of the fact, that, but the good news is you don't have to pay tax on it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you're able to pull that money out, use it for your lifestyle, use it for, for income, use it to pay your bills, whatever you want. What I would suggest, and this is where an advisor can help you is that in those years in which you're withdrawing from your Roth, when you're post, you know, you're already retired and presumably collecting your social security, um, you know, I would like to structure it in a way that if I can set it up for a year, two years, three years, four years, who knows, that if we can get you enough tax-free income in those particular years, that you can live on that and your social security check, then we can get, then we can, in other words, we can save you probably four or $5,000 in tax that you would pay in your social security money. All okay. Right. So, so I don't like to, I don't necessarily want to use the Roth IRA or Roth money as additional income every month, every year for the rest of my life. Okay. Because I want to use it to structure certain years, calendar years that we can focus on all tax-free income. And that way, every year in which we're able to do that, your social security income will be tax-free. I like and, it. And, you know, and, if, and by all means, if anybody has any questions, I'm happy to go into that more detail. I know just hearing it on a show can be, you know, can be difficult or might not uh, work out. So you can always give me a call anytime. Uh, my number here is 800-975-6717. Again, call me anytime if you want to talk or you want some questions or you'd like more information on anything we talk about on the show. The number is 
800-256-6717. So Kevin, here's a question for you. If I am working for a company with a Roth 401k and I've been contributing and, and I retire, um, just like with a 401k, can I, can I roll that over? Can I go from a Roth 401k to a regular Roth when I retire? Yes, yes, you definitely oh. can. Well, that seems like a good idea too then. In fact, that's what I would suggest. Um, you, you know, because uh, that that's going to open up more investment possibilities. You typically have a limited menu of op, menu of uh, investment choices inside the four hundred one k, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have ten or fifty. Usually, they're between ten and fifteen. Seems to be the sweet spot for them for a lot of plan sponsors. Uh, but with an IRA, the entire investment universe is wide open. All right, and let me tell you one of the things that I that 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 I think is uh, a very could be a very effective strategy for a lot of folks is maybe we use the Roth money to generate that that income for you in retirement. Maybe we put it into an annuity and we get your lifetime income with oh, your wow. Roth money. So does that, now, that always be tax-free then? There you go. Wow. Always, that means you got guaranteed tax-free income for the rest of your life. Now imagine if you have enough tax-free income, like I mentioned a minute ago, imagine if your tax-free income, in addition to your social security income, imagine if you could live off of that, right? Because okay. if you could live off of those two vehicles, guys, that means we can set it up in a way that you would pay virtually zero income tax. Okay. On a federal, I'm talking about federal taxes. Right. Okay. Right. All right. But we can virtually eliminate it. And that's why I love these tax free vehicles because we can structure them in ways that we can maximize the tax savings. So an advisor isn't just here just to help you grow, you know, your, your investment portfolio. That's one thing that we try to do, but they should be able to help you save money on taxes. They should be able to help you out in many different ways when it comes to your financial situation. And taxes are definitely a big part of that. Well, aren't they always? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, right? Yeah. So, I mean, can I ask you one of the, which is, this is kind of a side note and maybe a, a different direction, but I read the story about Peter Thiel and, and PayPal and what he did to have, <laughs> to, oh, yeah, nice, to have a nice, billion right? or eight billion, whatever it is, in his Roth. Do you know, you know the story, right? I know the story. Oh. He's got... Re- yeah, reportedly a $5 billion Roth IRA. Explain to me how he accomplished that. Oh, God. Well, he's very creative, for one thing. Very. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, you, you know, sometimes I've had many people in my career tell me that, you know, that the really rich people, they've just got, you know, they play by their own rules and they got they got special you know, deals and all this stuff. Um, and I always shake it off and, and, and say, I don't think so. I think we're all playing by the same rules. But I tell you what. <laughs> When you see this story, when you read this story, and you see this guy that's, you know, obviously he's a billionaire. This is just part of his billions. Five billion is in a Roth IRA. And you say, what, how in the world is that possible? You can't contribute more than what, five grand a year or whatever it was, you know, back in the day. Uh, and the answer is a long time ago when Roth first became available, he put in his Roth IRA, uh, he was one of the founders, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the founders of PayPal. Um and he's been involved with some other very big, very successful companies too. And founders of companies get to do something called, they get to create something called founder stock. And they, in essence, grab a couple sheets of paper and they write up for themselves what, what this is going to be, how much it's going to be worth. And they give themselves shares of stock that are valued at something like a tenth of a penny or a twentieth of a penny, right? And so it just goes to a penny and they make 10 or 20 times on their money, Right. It goes to a dollar and they're up thousands and thousands of percent, yeah, right? Right. This this is how that this I believe this is how he accomplished that. He funded his Roth IRA with founder stock, 
which you know most people aren't don't even have access to. A lot of people have never even heard of it. Right. All right. But it is stock that that they ascribe they they attribute a value to it initially because it's not trading anywhere. They just come up with these numbers out of thin air and say let's value it at a penny or a tenth of a penny or a thousandth of a penny. And and it's and by all means, guys, don't get me wrong. He's not the only one that's done this. They do this. People with with stocks, the founder stock, do this. I'm going to say pretty regularly. Um, but because it's the value that it's attributed that's attributed to it is so low, right? A very small investment could turn into millions and billions of dollars. <laughs> and because PayPal wound up being a very you know wound up going public, which some of you might know that I've always said it's that's when the founders and the executives at the company, when that company goes public, they just won the lottery. Okay, that's Cha-ching. that's their <laughs> chiching. That is a big huge payday. All right. And any of the private venture capital guys that got into a company earlier, if you if you hear about these private, they call them private funding rounds. And right. that's when, you know, the guys that run private equity and do private equity funds, uh, venture capital funds, they call them too. These are folks that get in that invest in companies that are in the much younger, earlier stages than when they get than when they finally go public. A lot of times a company could receive several rounds of financing in the private market, you know, well before it goes public. And so what that means is there's a lot of shareholders that own shares that are uh, that that paid a lot less for their shares than you're going to pay in the public markets when it goes public. And if it's a successful company. Now, of, of course, a lot of these don't work. Probably nine out of 10 of these things don't work. The one out of 10 that does, these guys are making probably 100 times on their money. And and so the way that Peter Thiel did that with his multi-billion dollar Roth is he gave himself, he loaded up the, up the account with a bunch of extremely cheap PayPal founder stock. And then when it went public, the valuation soared through the roof and that's how it became worth billions and billions of dollars. So if people are taking advantage of that, and I know for most of us, that's not even in the realm of possibility. Is that right. something that the IRS is going to take a second look at? Or is Congress going to take a look at it, that? Could they make some changes to the Roth? You know, I think, I don't you know, I'm not actually sure they could make. Well, I'm sure. Actually, of course, they could. They can change anything, anything they want. I guess. Sure, if, yeah. You know, if you got enough legislators to sign off on it, um, you know. But I don't. I don't personally. I don't. I don't anticipate them changing the rules of the Roth. I do think. I, I mean, I have to think this really ticks off somebody like Elizabeth Warren, don't you think? Oh, I would I think mean, so. Sure. <laughs> I would think, considering the the you know guys like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and and and. Um, and some of the other candidates, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree or disagree. By the way, I'm just pointing out they typically don't seem to like the really, really rich guys that find a way to game the system. It's just it's it's just like a lot of hedge fund guys do with carried interest and the way that they the way they avoid paying higher taxes by by fo- they're following the lo- the letter of the tax code, but it is not the intent of the tax code. Okay. I and, understand. Sure. Uh, all right. So a lot of these really rich guys, they've got, they've got a bunch of money. They can hire, hire all sorts of really smart advisors that help them figure out how to get through all these loopholes. Yep. And, and so what I personally think what I would anticipate and what I'm hoping to see is some rules put in place that prohibit somebody from doing this. Sure. You know, it's being able to make like, a, when, when, at this, I mean, there, there's no valid price for this stock when they say it's worth a 10th of a penny or whatever the number is. They don't know that. That's just their guess. That's what they're ascribing to it. It's not. It's not done by an outside, you know, valuation firm. It's just something that they give themselves millions and millions or tens of millions of shares. Yeah. That you know, and and it's like a. It, you know, it's. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't do that if you could, right? If, of course. I mean, 
Most people would do that. The thing is, most of us don't have that opportunity. Right. And that's why this one of the stories that I read that the headline was Peter Thiel, Lord of the Roth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good title. I like the title. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, Sorry, I didn't mean to divert there, but I thought it was an interesting take on things. And, and so, again, I, I appreciate your insight. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time, can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. back to the world we all live in. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. It's like, all right, let's get realistic here. Let's talk about our retirement and, and how that's going to work because that's what's that's that's reality. You, you know what? Most of us don't have the, I'm, I'm guessing there probably aren't very many billionaires listening to the show. So, probably not. You, you know, so I, I guess we don't need to spend too much time there, you know? Um, you, you know, but we, what we what we do want to do is we want to find a, we want to find resourceful ways and creative ways to prepare for retirement, right? Um, and we, and we want to make sure that, that we give these things thought because the retirement decision is a big one, right? It's a, it's a big decision. Um, you know, most of us have been working all our lives. And when you face the prospect of being done, you know, well, on the one hand, it can definitely feel, you know, give you a happy feeling, right? You feel looking, yeah. looking forward to it, but it can be stressful too. It can produce a lot of anxiety because, you know, a lot of people find themselves all of a sudden they've got a ton of time on their hands and they, and they hadn't figured out what they wanted to do to spend their time. Uh, other folks identify very closely with their job. And, and when that and when they retire, they don't they they feel like they've lost a part of their identity. And, and so um, one of the things that might seem counterintuitive uh, is that is that some of us recommend, you know, obviously this is based on an individual's portfolio. Um, but a lot of folks that I meet, they've accumulated millions of dollars over their life. They've spent very little because they've been saving all their life. And when they're retired, they're, they're still in the saving mentality. And, and I see them sitting on two and a half, three million dollars. And but they don't want to spend any of it. And so what I encourage people to do is spend some of that money. It can be even before you retire, you know, but I'm saying spend some of your money, enjoy it, have some fun, because, you know, if you leave it to your kids, you know, they're going to spend it right <laughs> in no time. <laughs> they're not. Gonna, I, I promise you, they are going to spend it It'll probably be gone within a year. Um, you know, and I'm not of course, I'm not saying spend all of your money. Oh, of course. I'm not. just I'm just saying have some fun. Let's talk. We can sit down and talk and I can give you the number, you know, on. This couple I'm thinking about with, 
it's like $2.6, $2.7 million they've accumulated with zero debt. They've got a relatively you know, very modest lifestyle. They don't spend a ton of money. They've got more cash coming in every month than they spend. So when, when I look at that, I say, guys, if you wanted to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars taking, I, I don't know, a six-month cruise or whatever it might be, you could do it. You've got the money to do it without having to worry about, you know, is it going to cause a devastating impact to your life? Because the answer is no. You can enjoy it. Have some fun. And, and so, so I, I think that's important. I do see a lot of, you know, and, and if obviously it's your money. You can do what you want with it. I'm just saying, have some fun because we all know, you know, we, we all have an expiration date, right? Exactly. So well, I say I mean, have some fun while you can. Yeah, well, yeah, the go-go years are for just that. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. You know, cause by the time, you know what, what I've seen, I've, I've, I've worked, uh, 31 years is how long I've been, I've been in this business and I focused on retirees pretty much my whole career. And I feel like I've got a good idea of, of, uh, you know, the life cycle of a retirement. And we talk about how, you know, um, what the sixties, we call them the go-go years, yeah. right? Cause mo- most people still want to travel. A lot of folks still want to play sports. And I see softball teams for guys in their sixties, seventies, even in their eighties, which I have no idea how they're doing that. Um, but they want to stay active. They want to keep busy. And they want to go right. That's a great time to do it because most of the people I talk to, once they get in their seventies, a lot of people tell me, you know what? I, I just, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen other countries. If we're going to travel, you know, maybe we'll go to Colorado or something. We don't need to, we don't need to go to Australia. Sure. And, 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 you know, and so they're more of the slow go, right? They slow down. They want to take it easy more. And they're probably spending more time around the pool than they are on the softball field. And, and then once you get into your 80s, uh, I don't know very many people. I've never met very many people that still really want to travel very much uh, in their 80s. And, and most of them are, are perfectly content to just, to just take it easy and see their family and friends and lounge by the pool and uh, play cards and things like that. Oh, yeah. So. You know, and which I think is perfectly fine. I look forward to that too. Yeah. You know, but, but I think it's important that, you know, we, we, we were cognizant of the fact, you know, that most likely over time, our health is going to decline and you probably just won't feel like doing as much later in life. Right. You just, so, you're so just I'm, tired. You're just tired, you know? So, so let's have some fun, have fun all, as much as you can, you know, but, but any traveling you want to do, especially if it's international traveling, I would say to focus on doing that in your 60s and early 70s. Oh, yeah. Because um, that many hours know. on a plane, I don't care how old you are, it's hard. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've, been talking, I've been talking to my wife lately a lot about, about where we want to travel to. And, uh, uh, and there's some incredible, incredibly beautiful islands uh, down in that part of the world around Australia and New Zealand. And uh, you know, that's something we want to do. But one thing we've talked about is I only want to make that flight one time. Okay? Yeah. It says... You know, I don't want to go flying back and forth to Australia every six months. Um, you know, so that's something we're looking to long term. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, that makes perfect sense as well. 800-975-6717 if you want to have your own conversation with Kevin. And and um, so as we kind of cruise through here, uh, you were talking about, well, I, I've got to ask you because it's that time to ask you about pure growth. Oh, pure growth. Yes. <clears throat> I, appreciate, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, and Steve's referring, if anyone's listened before, you guys know I... Um, I manage portfolios uh, for clients as well, stocks and bonds and exchange traded funds, things like that. And uh, all my career, I've always looked at, you, you look at this analysis, you look at these newsletters and the different research analysts and research reports uh, that have stock recommendations and, and everybody's looking for that holy grail of something that you know wins on a consistent basis, right? Mm-hmm. And what I, what, to me, what has worked the best has not, been, has not been trying to figure out a theme, you know, like people will figure out a theme and there's a lot of them out there, but some big ones right now are AI, you know, artificial intelligence. 
and who's going to dominate that in the next several years and who's going to, you know, what, what's the greatest cloud computing star, cloud computer or what's the greatest cybersecurity company now, right? With oh, all yeah. the hacking going on, yep. you know, I've, I just haven't had a lot of, as I haven't had as much success doing that as I have had success following and, and implementing what are called rules-based investment strategies. Uh, and if you look at guys, the most successful investors like Warren Buffett, uh, Peter Lynch, that had huge success with the Fidelity Magellan Fund back back you know back in the day, um, and William O'Neill that started Investors Business Daily, all of them have strategies. When they pick a stock, it's based on these companies passing passing these filters that we run through our computer that are rules. So it and, and it's it's based on their revenues, their sales, their earnings. It could be insider activity. It could be a technical trading pattern, you know, if, if uh, based on technical analysis and how things look without getting too deep into it, yeah. they, you can even break down all these different into little micro categories that we then put all into a formula and, and you come up with these, you know, 10, 15 rules. And then you, you, you say, if you'd have done this for the last 20, 30, 40 years, you'd have made over 20% annual returns. And, and so I found some strategies over the last few years and I, and, I, and I wanted to take it live because it's one thing on paper, right? But it's another thing doing it live. So I took it live July 14th last year with a handful of clients. Um, and, I, and I call it pure growth, pure growth because all it is is a handful of stocks. Between five and 10 stocks is all this portfolio has had, has held at one time. Um, and the typical holding period is, is, is probably two to three months. Um, so it's a shorter term strategy. It's an aggressive growth strategy. And as of today's close, we are up 68.5%. Whoa, 68.5% net. net of fees. Wow. Net of, fee, net, net of fees uh, from July 14th last year. So 250000 is worth about 421 and wow. four, 421, 422 right in there. And, and so um, I've been able to do that by following the strategy. And uh, when I go into it, I'm looking like this strategy is designed to, it's designed to move now. I'm not... I want to see movement immediately or within a few days, within a week. If I'm sitting on it for a month and it hasn't moved, I'm probably getting out. Okay. Cause that's the strategy for this portfolio, for this strategy of stocks. Um, and it, obviously there are different ways to manage portfolios. And a lot of the holdings that my clients have are long-term holdings. I'm not trading those. This is just a piece of a portfolio that I say we're using it to, to kind of generate extra horsepower, if you will. All right. You know, the show cruising through retirement is more about the cruising, the cool classic cars cruising, not, not the boat. Right. Um, I get it. <laughs> you know, and, and so I use the horsepower analogy for, uh, you know, it seems parallel to cruising through. Um, not, nonetheless, what I do, what I, what I'm doing and what I'm trying to show is that I believe I've got a, a successful method of choosing a stock of selecting stocks. That's what I wanted to demonstrate with the pure growth portfolio, that the strategy I'm using, that it works. These rules do work. And, and, uh, and we can use it though, to add a piece of a portfolio. In other words, it doesn't, you don't have to put all your money into the strategy. Um, some clients do, some clients, you know, we put in some money into this and said, you know, let's, let, let's go for it. Let's try to hit some home runs. Um, but most of my clients, what they do is they say, Kevin, I'd like to take 10% or 15% uh, or 20%, whatever the money might be, but it's generally in that range of my portfolio. And let's, let's buy stocks with that money. But the other 80, 85%, I want to keep that conservative. And that's that's what I have a lot of clients doing, and it's and it's working out, and and it's working out very well. 
Well, and again, when you talk about this, uh, you know, you're turning, I mean, 68.5%. That is an amazing return. So we'll, uh, so July 14th, we'll, we'll talk next Thursday. Yes. Uh, so a week, yes. a week from today, we'll talk and, and uh, we'll get the update. I can't wait. You know, you talk um, about, I'm... you know, you talk about the technicals and, and um, you know, I got a 28 year old son that is really taking a stab at all of this. And uh, that's what he said. He said, I love the technicals. I can just dig in and really kind of see what's going on. And I mean, so, I mean, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's quite something. It, it is, it is definitely something. And there's a million, and I don't know how many folks are of, uh, have really looked in at technical analysis, but um, it is a, it is a big, big part of wall street. And it's a big, big part of a lot of strategists, uh, how they decide when it's when to buy and when to sell. Uh, it can also confirm, it also can confirm for you that you want to be a part of it. Like I'll, it has to do with looking at the chart and the trading formation and the trading pattern. Um, and then comparing it to different periods in the economic cycle and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of different, you know, like there's all kinds of different names and things like one is a golden cross. They call this big one. Um, and, and that's, that, that's when your longer term moving, your, your shorter term moving average is crosses above your longer term. And that simply means the stock might have been in a downdraft or might have been flat, and now it's starting to go up and imp- increase in value, and which is a very bullish sign. Uh, and the opposite, of course, is a very bearish sign. And so I use those. I use them to try to figure out more entry and exit points, like the price I want to buy, the price I want to sell. That's where, to me, technical analysis can be very helpful. Um, it can help you with stop orders. If somebody says, yeah, I'd like to buy the stock, but I don't want to be in this thing. If it goes south, then I want to limit my loss. And so we can use something called a stop order. So let's say you buy something at, I don't know, $50 and, and the 200 day average price is $45, you know, um, and it's got a rising average price. I'll look at that and I'll say, you know what, that is really good support at 45 bucks. So I'll buy it at 50 and, and I know if it breaks 45, I'm out. So I'll set a stop maybe at 44. And so, but, but you've got to, we, we, I, in other words, we want to use a basis. We don't just pick a number out of thin air and say, let's use this as our stop. We're looking at the technical analysis and we're trying to determine patterns of how stocks have traded in the past. And we're using that as an indication of whether we want to be in it and whether we want to buy or sell it. Well, and you've admitted, too, that over the course of the last year, some of these, I mean, you know, you haven't had, you've had some losers along the way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. No no doubt about it. And that's actually the first thing I want everybody to know is the the only way, in in my opinion, the only way that a person can invest in a strategy like this is with the knowledge going into it that you know you're going to lose money a fair amount of the time. In other words, it's not one time in 10 we're going to be wrong. We might be wrong one time out of three, I'd say, a third of the time. Truth be told, if you're right 52%, 51% of the time, you know, and you're managing your losses, you should still do very well. Um, you know, in baseball, if you get on, if you get on base one time out of three, you're considered, you're probably going to the hall of fame. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that the baseball analogy is perfect. Yeah. You know, baseball players, they, one time out of three, they get on base, they're going to the hall of fame. And in my world, you're going broke. You're going to go broke. Um, <laughs> yes. If you're only right one time out of three. So, but you know, but what I am going to do though, next week, I'm going to be doing the analysis after we pass the one year mark. And I'm going to go through every single step. Not on the show. <laughs> Don't get me right. wrong. Oh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I won't put you guys through that. Um, but I want you to know how many times I've been right. And I want you to know how many times we've been wrong. And, and so that you see the real numbers. And I've got, I'll have the documentation available uh, for anybody to look at. You can double check, triple check. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll show you the price I bought it at, the price I sold it at, whatever you want to know. 
it's all 100% real it, 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 and, uh, and documented. Um, and, and I wanted to do this to demonstrate that it's a valid method to choose a stock. Um, but it's very important that everybody knows we're going to be wrong. Um, in fact, this last month I've had, you know, probably just as many I've been wrong on as I've been right on. Uh, whereas the first part of the year, it was like everything was going higher. Right. So, um, but it, but it, but it is something I think is valid and it, and it's another tool that I use a series of tools that I use to help me choose a stock. It's not, you know, I'm not standing around the water cooler trying to come up with an idea for a stock. Um, <laughs> there is a, I mean, there's a strategy involved here. And, and again, it's, I, I love the fact that you, I mean, you're hands on, you're doing this every day. You, you look at this every day yes. and you've got skin in the yes. game. You've got your own money in here. Oh, I do. Yes. I'm glad you, I'm glad you reminded me. I, I, I do for sure. In fact, um, virtually every stock that I, that I, you know, that I buy for my clients, I buy it for myself too. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm doing the same thing and, and I, I've got different accounts, corporate accounts, retire. I've got both regular retirement as well as Roth retirement accounts. Actually my HSA, I, I do this with my HSA account too. So, uh, which is a health savings account that is, that is a truly triple tax-free account for anybody interested. Um, that is the only account that's truly tax-free is a health savings account. If anybody's able to set one of those up, by all means, uh, let's talk. I can help you manage it. We can invest with money in that account too. Sure. I mean, again, there's a, there's so many opportunities, and and I think that you have, you know, you're kind of creating this this, you know, is this is this what you've done with Pure Growth? Is that something that's always kind of been in the back of your mind that you kind of wanted to try at some it, point? Oh yeah, it has. You nailed it. It's it's been a basically my entire career. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's really been something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And, but I didn't want to do it until I found something that I can, I, that one, I've got confident enough that I can do it with my own money and that I can, and I, and I wanted to have something, um, I wanted to have something, as I mentioned, rules-based that's black and white. Cause I, I, I don't like the emotional aspect of the stock market. You know, you know, we, a lot of us know that one of the worst things people do is panic when the market drops and they sell. They, they get scared and they sell. And what this strategy enables me to do is just simply run. I just run them again. I screen them again. I, I filter the stocks again. I say, okay, are, are they still passing all these tests? And as long as they're still passing the screens, then we hold on to the stock. Um, there, there are other, other times I'll look at something. It's not trading the way I want. Like I see it breaking support levels. I'm going to pull a plug and I'm going to sell it. Uh, you know, so what I'm trying to do when I'm wrong I'm trying to keep that loss in single digits. In other words, I, I hate to even see a nine or 10% loss. If I'm taking a loss, I try to keep it below 5%. And, and, as, and as long as we're able to keep those losses small and then we let our winners run, you know, like Louisiana Pacific earlier this year is a lumber play. And I think we made about 65, 70% in two or three, maybe three months. Um, you know, some of those have, have been phenomenal, have been great, have been great uh, successes for us. Sure. Well, I mean, this is a fascinating thing. And, and the fact that, you know, as long as you've been doing this and like you said, it's sort of always been in the back of your mind. How cool is it that you're actually getting to execute it and, and do it so successfully? I, oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, absolutely. You know, it, 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 it is, it is a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, obviously clients, clients are thrilled, you know, I mean, why, why, well, who why wouldn't, wouldn't be? be, who wouldn't be, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. um, you know, but at the same time, I always have to remind everybody that, you know, we've been in good markets. Uh, we have really outperformed the markets, um, you know, but, but with this strategy, like any, like I've had some stocks, I had a couple stocks today, uh, like one was the symbol CAL, Calaris, 
is how I pronounce it. CALO is up six or seven percent today. Um, uh, Cleveland Cliffs, CLF, like Frank, I think was up seven percent plus today. Uh, you know, so the stocks that I'm getting into, these are these things move. All right, this isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, your grandfather's portfolio. Right. Okay. Well, and, and these this are a lot something. of small cap stocks too, right? They're- they are. Yes, a lot of small and mid cap. Uh, for what it's worth, I do, I've been buying, I, I guess, large cap tech too. Um, if you remember, I think about a month or two months ago, I was talking about how I was buying Facebook and Google. Uh, I, I talked about it on the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're up about 9% on Google right now. I think 6 or 7% on Facebook and, and about six, between six and eight weeks, I'd say. Uh, so I do those as well, but only, but, but only when the computer tells me I should. Right. So Exactly. Well, know, I'll tell you so what. If I run this, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say everything I do, I'm, I'm running the screens. And, and as long as it passes those filters, you know, that that's when it's still a possibility. But if it doesn't, I won't even consider it. Then you're, that's when you're making the decisions. Well, Kevin, what a what a fascinating t- discussion. And um, I look forward to next week to getting the analysis of how the first year has gone and and see where yeah. it goes from there. Oh, fantastic. You know, I, I am as well, Steve. Very much looking forward to it. Well, so uh, what's your what's your takeaway? I mean, just from a market standpoint, this week alone, I mean, it was a short week. Tuesday was okay. Wednesday, um, um, it was. Oh, I mean, Wednesday there were records, high record highs. Oh yeah. yeah. Thursday, Wednesday records. Thursday tanked. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Thursday. I mean, everything was red. Today on Friday, as we record this, late Friday afternoon. I mean, it's uh, you know, it was a good day. It is. You, you know what I say? I I like to call the market bipolar. <laughs> and I think that's an apt description, you know, because it, 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 it uh, you, you know, it, it, it just flies all over the place. And if you ask yourself, well, what really changed in the last 24 hours? Do we know? Did anything change in the last 24 hours? I don't know. It stopped raining where I, mean, I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's, we're all a day older, I guess, but, I guess. but it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's probably not advisable to try to figure out the market too much on a day-to-day basis, week to week. Um, because it can be flat out wrong and, and it can be flat out wrong in either direction. Sure. So, you know, so I think it just got, got a little, got a little ahead of itself, I guess. All right. Well, uh, what are your words of wisdom for me today? You know what? I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. Guys, take a look at how much risk you're taking. Be careful out there because this market is, is pretty extended. We're at high valuations and we still don't know what's going to happen with inflation. We don't know what's happening with this Delta variant about COVID. Um, I think if that flares up as we get into the fall, I think we might see we, we might see the market start the market may start to go south. So just make sure you're prepared for that if it happens. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decision.